Welcome to Tech Bytes, a 15-minute podcast at the intersection of IT and business. Today, we're talking network automation. Our sponsor is network automation specialist Glueware, and they brought us a customer, First Bank. We're going to talk about how the bank is using network automation to tackle issues like device configurations and OS management. Our guests are Julie Wheeling. She is solutions architect at Glueware, and Mike Pazarena, network engineer at First Bank. Uh, Julie and Mike, welcome to the podcast. And Mike, can you give us a little background on First Bank and what you're doing with network automation, like the kind of problems you're trying to solve? Sure. So First Bank is a family-owned, uh, privately held bank. We operate in the Midwest with roughly 100 locations in multiple different states. What we were looking to do with network automation is to increase our efficiency and spend less time doing kind of a tedious and monotonous uh, tasks mm-hmm. involved with managing our network infrastructure. And what's the environment like? What kind of network are you working with? So we are using Juniper switching for our user access layer, and we actually are using SD-WAN for our route infrastructure. And once we went SD-WAN, the uh, switching portion of the network was kind of left behind, and we were looking for ways that we could actually orchestrate that and uh, manage it much more efficiently like we were doing with the SD-WAN. So you started using SD-WAN and thought, wow, the way we can (laughs) make our... Uh, SD-WAN devices work is so simple. We want to try to bring that back to the data center, that concept. Was that the idea? Yeah, that's correct. To the data center and to, you know, all of our retail locations where Mm -hmm. we still have uh, switches that aren't orchestrated in that fashion. So as I mentioned before, there, you know, there's tedious tasks that we always have to do, like upgrading switch OSs, uh, making sure our uh, configuration is standardized across the board. And we have to meet various audit requirements and the like. So it's very important to do those things. But with network automation, what we were looking for is a way to do it uh, easier and more efficiently. And were you doing things before that, like scripting or trying to bring in a little bit of automation? Uh, Yes, we have. So Python scripting is one of the big things we investigated. Uh, There is a lot of hype surrounding that in the networking community. And I took it upon myself to actually pick up some of the learning material and start working with Python. And I was able to get to the point where we had started using Python scripts to push configurations out to our devices, as well as run show commands and gather uh, different uh, data that we were looking for. The Mm. thing that I had come to realize was that integrating that into our environment was rather challenging. Uh, We didn't have kind of a development pipeline that you would picture having in a larger enterprise. Mm -hmm. And it it got to the point where uh, it was just me writing scripts and maybe the rest of the team uh, wasn't adapting them as well. Scripting's hard, right? It's it's certainly possible to learn it, but you've almost, if you're a network engineer, You have to have the technology skills before you can write the scripts that are useful. And once you've got the scripts, keeping them going is tough. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. So what I had found was that scripting was not the huge game changer that was changing the way we did business. It it merely became another tool in the tool belt. And we were looking for something a little more uh, integrated in our environment that anyone could pick up and use and that would just kind of perform most of this as a service for us. So I presume this is where then Glueware came in. You went out and started looking for a specific tool. 
Yeah, that's right. We uh, had done our research and one thing that kind of came to mind was uh, Ansible. And we had seen that a lot of different enterprises were using that. But the more we looked into it, it seemed like uh, building up that infrastructure and maintaining it had a bunch of uh, skill sets that may have been outside of a wheelhouse of the typical uh, networking team. So at that point, we started kind of looking at a more uh, packaged product that mm-hmm. could possibly do the hard part for us on that. So Julie, did you sort of work, obviously you've been working with Mike on this project. Are you sort of seeing that same problem where having the deep level of competency that would spread throughout the team became an issue? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Mike and the First Bank team are an example of our, our best customers where they have deep networking expertise, but not necessarily, you know, the desire or the time to go get the, 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 the automation and the programming skills. So by using, you know, by using Glueware, they can, they can use their, their networking expertise and do what they need to do. And the programming is sort of taken care of for them. Mm. And when you sort of got in touch with them for the first time, I bet you sort of went, because I've seen this a lot, right? There's a lot of people who just love Python and Ansible, but you would have gone like, this is something that you see a lot of. Yeah, absolutely. And and we actually integrate, you know, we, we have API integration with uh, customers who've already done investments in Ansible and in Python programming. The bottom line is when it comes down to trying to get things done, like Mike said, uh, to make to make a difference quickly in your network, it's just best to to keep with with what you know and let, you know, we've already done the hard work for you. So just go ahead and use it and kick off your tool. So Mike, what does your environment look like? What sort of network gear are you bringing the Glueware to? So we're using Glueware to manage our Juniper infrastructure right now, which includes the EX series switches and QFX series switches. So, So I have a quick question for you. If I was somebody thinking, you know, could I run Glueware on Juniper switches? Did you have to do a lot of work to get it customized? Like, did you have to spend time customizing Glueware for Juniper or was it pretty straightforward? It was pretty straightforward. There were some uh, capsule modules that Glueware provided. And once those were loaded into the system, Glueware had the configuration uh, dictionaries for a lot of the equipment that we were trying to use. Now, anytime we did run into anything where Glueware might have needed a little tweaking to get stuff to work, the Glueware team uh, really quickly provided us with patches and the like to get everything up and running. So I will say they uh, are a very well-developed and well-supported product, and we have not been disappointed in that aspect at all. So you mentioned you were looking to get some uniformity around uh, OS management uh, configurations on devices. Can you talk a little bit about how you're using Glueware day-to-day and what it's meant for how you're operating the network? Sure. And I was surprised just by uh, how much configuration drift that Glueware was finding for us. And that is one of the modules in there is the config drift and audit. So oftentimes, uh, maybe one of the network team is troubleshooting something and they've made a change. And then maybe uh, once that workaround was no longer required, uh, that wasn't getting cleaned up on the back end. Mm-hmm. Other instances, like maybe an, a radius server had been retired and stood up in a new data center, but some of the switches weren't updated. So Glueware, uh, the auditing function of that has been extremely useful to us in uh, sweeping across the 
config of all the devices on the network and identifying the ones that uh, are not complying with the audit policies that we've set up. Are you able to remediate then using the Glueware? Because it's not enough just to find out that it's a problem. You've still got, it's still broken and it needs fixing. Right. You are able to do that. And that's with the uh, configuration modeling module in there. Mm-hmm. So in the config modeling module, you basically set up the parameters you want from your configuration. And you do that by breaking the different features of the configuration down into concept items. So it took a little getting used to at first, but the way they have it laid out in there, uh, yeah. you graphically map all the dependency chains. So you have an assembly and then a configuration item and then a concept item and you are able to basically build uh, a model that you can then apply to your devices. And at that point, you can take what you found in the audit policy and push the config model to those devices and uh, get them standardized that way. So are you actually, do you have to then go into each device and make any changes you find, or can you push them from Glueware? The config modeling module is able to provision the switches from Glueware. So you actually... uh, you do it from the dashboard in there. You just select the uh, switches you want to touch, and then you uh, you basically tell it to go provision it, and it does that. And it's great that they have a preview built into that too, so you can actually go through and see exactly what changes it's going to make before you actually commit it to production. Okay, so that gives you that sanity check where somebody gets to look at this before they push it out and say, is this going to be really okay? Absolutely. Yeah, I can elaborate a little bit on the config modeling where um, when we actually discover the devices and read in the configurations, that's when we break it apart and build the models so that, you know, Mike and team can go in and build his policies and, you know, and what he wants to define to go ahead and, and, and push out to the devices. And I think that modular building is something that people don't understand. Um, Julie, this might be best for you. You know, Mike was sort of saying that he was able to create the dependencies. There's a flexibility in that, in that although you're using it for Juniper switches here today, that same modular structure works for any brand of equipment of any type. Works just as well for firewall rules as it does for a router configuration and, and a VPN configuration as it does for switching. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we're multi-vendor, so things, some global configuration parameters, you know, things, something simple like banner or AAA settings or things like that, you could configure across uh, multiple different vendors. You don't, you know, even though he's concentrating mm-hmm. on Juniper right now, um, it can be reused. Uh, and, you know, it's sort of a beauty of what, what we have. Yeah, that's the value of a model. You can say, give me a banner. And then Glueware goes and works out how to put that same banner in all the different vendors of equipment. And Correct. sometimes you have to teach it that, but sometimes you've done it for me. Right. So we've got we've got all the constructs built ahead of time, and you just have mm-hmm. to point to it and say, "This is what I want to do." That's your policy, and then you know, and then you can go do it. Some people call that intent. Anyway, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mike, you had mentioned that you sort of took on the the Python aspect yourself, but I assume uh, a lot of your staff has to touch Glueware. What was the learning curve and the adoption process like? Did did it take a lot of effort to get folks on board with this, or how was adoption and uptake? So the learning curve was not that bad with Glueware at all. It's all uh, packaged together in an intuitive uh, user interface. So uh, we were able to get everyone spun up fairly quickly, especially uh, running OS upgrades was made much easier with Glueware. Okay, so there's also a benefit for getting folks on board, like I'm making your life easier with this tool. 
Exactly. Once everything is controlled from kind of a single pane of glass like that, it just makes it a lot easier to manage the entire network as a whole entity instead of thinking about individually managing each device. Because I guess part of the, the thrust of my question was that you can have a great tool, but if none of the engineers use it, then it just kind of sits there. But it sounds like they can see the benefits, so they're willing to come on board and figure out how to use this and learn it and then, and run with it. Right. Ideally, it becomes kind of a paradigm shift. And you're right, if, if no one actually tries to use it, then it just becomes another tool that's out there. You never realize the full vision of it. So there's different uh, ways you can ensure that a tool like Glueware becomes the standard. But at the end of the day, it, it comes down to uh, the organization and the, the team members that are working in there that you have to have total buy-in from everyone. And with Glueware, uh, it was relatively easy to achieve that. All right, so we're at about the end of our time, but Mike, one more question. Can you give me a sense of sort of the before and after operationally? What's changed? Do you have a have you been measuring uh, performance or improvements or whatever? How how does it, how are you showing that the your executives you have to report to that uh, buying glueware was a good decision? So it's soon yet to have uh, metrics, but in the time that we have had the product, it has definitely changed the way we've done business. Uh, for example when having to get 10 new switches ready for some new locations, uh, we were able to just plug their management ports in at our data center, let the switches pull IPs, uh, add them into Glueware, and then push the new OS upgrades and configuration to them that way. So that actually sped up our deployment process pretty significantly. Mm. What about accuracy? Are you finding accuracy and predictability a thing? Like you know that it's just going to work? Yeah, it's it's proven fairly reliable. And the way Glueware does everything is that it's basically logging into the switch and typing the same commands that uh, the administrator would type themselves. So in that way, it's actually very easy to interpret what it's doing and make sure that the behavior is exactly what you're wanting it to do. Well, Julie, if folks are interested in finding out more about Glueware, where would you send them? Yep, so you can go to our website. Uh, the URL is glueware.com. That's G-L-U-W-A-R-E.com. And uh, there's all kinds of information out there. And it looks like there's also a, a landing page, glueware.com slash packet dash pushers. If folks want to hit that instead, it's glueware.com slash packet dash pushers. Well, thank you, Mike and Julie, for joining us. And thanks to Glueware for being a sponsor. You can find this and many more fine, free technical podcasts along with our community blog. That's at packetpushers.net. You can follow us on Twitter at Packet Pushers, find us on LinkedIn, and rate us on Apple Podcasts. Last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough.